I'm Nicole Wakeland. And I'm Eileen Falkenberg-Hull. And this is Fast Women, brought to you by Newsweek. We travel the world, stay in the best hotels, drive the newest cars, and have off-the-beaten-path adventures. And we're going to tell you all about it. Let's buckle up and hit the road. Let's hit the road. Angry Eileen. Damn it. Hit the road. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think we need to point out it's episode 21. Last one was 20. Oh. This is 21. Did we we're supposed to have a drink for this one? Oh, I don't have it. I have, I have a bottle of water. I have a lovely I bottle of body a, armor sport water. I have um a iced vanilla latte from my favorite coffee shop. So this is all I got. So I am drinking, it's just not alcoholic. Okay, well, cheers. Virtual cheers to you. Cheers. We do this via cheers. Zoom we so we can see each other. Cheers. Yes. So we're yeah. I'm holding up my little drink and yeah. she's holding up her bottle of water. So okay. Now continue with yes, the relevant cheers. stuff to the podcast. <laughs> so we're talking about skiing towns today. We're talking about Acura today, New York City. Nicole took an unexpected road trip. And of course we'll come back yes. with scorecard because we are liking that. I think you and I are really enjoying that. I'm having fun with that. I like the scorecard. And I hope, yes. we hope our listeners are too, honestly. I hope so. If you guys don't like it, then you either have to say something or we're going to keep doing it. So, you know, you either have to let us know or it stays put where it is in the show. And you can <laughs> let us know at, at Fast Women Show on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, you can always contact us there um, with trip ideas, with ideas for episodes, cars you want to learn more about, uh, anything like that. We're happy to anything. Happy, happy to engage. Anything. Yeah, but yeah. Please don't send requests for pictures. That's all I ask. No, no, not that. Yeah, no. Don't send us no, any no. unless it's a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's clarify yeah. that, Eileen. Let's clarify important details. <laughs> so I can see you. You are at home today wearing a sweatshirt. I and am. can I tell you? It was like this week. I got home and I was like, it feels like falls almost here. Yeah. It's like winter is on the horizon. I will stop sweating it- soon. Things are looking up in the world. I am at this stage of life in New Hampshire where it's, I have a sweatshirt on, but I'm wearing shorts. Oh, I like that. Because it could go, Mm -hmm. you know, by, by noon, the sweatshirt might have to be like discarded and just gone with the t-shirt because it's, it's chilly in the morning, but so, so I'm like in that half and half stage. Like I can't really commit to fall. I'm half committed to fall with a sweatshirt, which is so cozy and warm. It looks very cozy. And I'm very jealous that I am still not yet at that phase of summer here in Atlanta. It's still toasty. No, you got a ways to go. Yeah. You got a ways to but go. But when I got off the plane the other day, like I was like, I'm not immediately sweating. Things are like, yes. like, like there's like a change See? in the air. Things are happening. It's in, getting close to Indian summer. Love That's that. progress for you guys. It does. Like, I got off the, I didn't get, I got out of the car and it felt entirely different here. I'm like, oh, it's like a whole different climate from where I was <laughs> like two days ago. So. so speaking of winter, you and I frequently yes. go to ski towns for yes. for drive programs and we mm-hmm. we rarely actually get to ski there i mean we go there in the winter we've gone there in the summer we go there in the spring in the fall um but we don't ever really get to ski I, i've skied a couple times I'm, at different places you I'm don't ski a, i don't ski i skied in fourth grade and i and i that was it i skied in fourth grade that one summer i mean one winter of fourth grade living for me i skied at the ski resorts up here in new hampshire and i thought that's enough for me did you wear but i will je- go and i will did you wear jeans what no, because I was in fourth grade, so mom still dressed me. So it was like <laughs> full on, like Nicole was the abominable snowman. I had like the hat and the gloves with the little strings so they didn't fall out of my, you know, so they didn't fall out of my jacket on the thing and a matching sweat, snow pants and poofy jacket. I had, I was well protected from the elements. It's like you could have just rolled down the hill and been completely okay. I could have just rolled down the hill and I've been totally fine. Yeah. Both in terms of being warm enough and being well padded enough with all this poofiness that I would not have injured my self at all well that's good i mean blessed saint ethna has once again saved you from the perils of yourself she has she has no idea the only reason i'm here today is from that whole like snowsuit situation 
So we usually go to, I was trying to think of the list because honestly, like I was sitting at home, I'm like, oh my God, I just want winter okay. to come. Okay, so Park City, Utah, uh-huh. Jackson, Wyoming, Breckenridge, yeah. Colorado, Vail, Colorado, and Lake Tahoe, yeah. California. I did something once. I feel like I did a thing in Montana once. Montana, Bozeman, 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 I'm Bozeman. Bozeman. <laughs> in Montana, like that place. Yeah. I just literally said it. Like where is it? Where is it? Like, I couldn't think of it. Yes, yeah, so I'll be in Bozeman. I think I've been there in the winter too. I think once or twice. Um, I feel like that was the one I took. A, they they went to fly us into one place and then. We land and we all landed like in Denver or something and the plane to get to where we needed to go was grounded and they, they, they said, we're just going to rent a car and a driver and drive you and six journalists through the treacherous mountain pass to get where you need to go to. And it was like ridiculous. Like they closed the mountain pass behind us. Like, wow. See all these emergency vehicles were like, okay, well, we're not going back that way anytime soon. Huh. It was me and six journalists. I think most of them were Canadian and their little Canadian accents were adorable. I'm sure they're very they sorry been, for the trip. They were very sorry for all the trouble that they caused. Yes. Um, but then they wanted to go to Taco, not Taco Bell. There was a Mexican place at the rest stop. We're grabbing food because we haven't eaten. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like, you know, there's like a coffee shop. I'm going to get like a breakfast sandwich with me. Like, oh, there's Mexican food. We can get burritos. I'm like, you cannot get burritos and hop into that car with me, all six of you men, and then expect to, no, I am not, I am not letting you, I am not dealing with the stench that you will create. I know Canadians are really nice. You'd probably be really sorry, but you are not going to eat Mexican food and hop in a car with me for six hours. No. One of my favorite parts of what you just said is that you just gave the Canadian journalists who were sorry, a Southern California dude accent. I did, because it was this this very, the attitude, the the accent was, I can't, talk Canadian except to say sorry. So they're Southern California dudes. Their attitude was all Southern California dude. How's that? I got the right attitude with the wrong accent. Sorry, Canada. I know you don't sound like that. It's just brilliant. Everybody knows exactly what I was getting at. So aside from that, so out of those, which is your favorite? Uh Because we've been to Park City together a lot. We've been to Jackson a fair amount. Um, Breckenridge, I think I went alone to Breckenridge. That was for a Rivian R1T launch. Yeah, you know what? Of those, my favorite, I think I really liked Vail because it was just such a neat place to walk around. Like, I liked Vail. It has a little bit of, like, a us a fancy, but it's really cool to just, like, if you're not actually skiing, like, the little restaurants and the little shops and stuff to nibble around in and check out. It's a fun place to just hang out. I, I liked the hangout ability of Vail. It's very, like resort community trying to be Europe in like a good way. Yes. Like it's, it's a nice way. Right. Like I don't, I don't hate that, but it's, it's a, they built a village for sure. They yeah. built like a ski so village. There's yeah. like a little, yeah, there's like, you can hang out there. It's not just, you get to the hotel and you ski and when there's nothing at, like there is really, you could be not a skier and go with a skier and you could both still have a great time. I feel like. And so I like Jackson. I think it's like, I also like cowboys. So I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand. Like Mm -hmm. there's definitely the cowboy vibe happening because Wyoming. Yes. But also like not the bougie people from uh, like Southeastern America, Southeastern America, the Southeast of the U (laughs) S you're picking on me for not being able to know where Canada is going on. I'm like trying to describe the region where I live as if I've never heard of it before. The (laughs) Southeastern United States who like go there and they're like, we've got a vacation property and now I wear a cowboy hat. And now I am a real cowboy. I'm like, I'm real cowboy. No, you're not. Like, no. So aside from- cute, you think you are. Yes, yes. Like, but yes. So like, like actual, like calloused hand cowboys. That's, that's the calloused hand, genuine truck driving 
cowboys. That's that's yes. and, and horse dri- horse driving cowboys. Those are for me. Um, if they own cows, okay. even better. I like cows. I don't know why I like cows, but I also like the Persephone Bakery in downtown Jackson. That is one of my favorite mm. places. And they did. I like the name of that, the Persephone Bakery. That sounds mm. cute. It sounds like it would make very yummy food. They make is- extraordinarily yummy pastries. I actually recommended uh, my friend Hannah from Ford stop by there, and she like I saw her and her husband out for dinner the other night. And um, they were like, oh, my God, you took us to that great bakery. And I was like, see, I know baked goods. Like, Nicole and I got that stuff down. Yeah, if it's baked goods, I have some I'll talk about later that are now in my freezer for later consumption this week. That's, oh, now I'm jealous. But I also like yeah, I also like the National Elk Refuge there. Like the well, Did you the, see Elk? Oh, so I actually, so our friend Wendy, who used to be with Nissan, then went to Infinity and is now at Genesis, um, she actually took me and a group of people on a, January, so January in Jackson, Wyoming, National Wildlife, National Elk Refuge sleigh ride. Did elk pull the sleigh? Yes. Well, no, no, no. Sorry. Big horses pulled the sleigh, but we were in amongst the elk, like mere inches from the elk. Yes, it was cool. Um, our guide a was scary because elk are big. Oh yeah. Oh, and there's like thousands of them there. So like, if you yeah, like being huge. like around them and seeing them, it's actually really cool. Um, kids who aren't scared of animals being relatively close, and these are wild animals. Like they're not for petting. Right. Like you go there, which is why I said that's a little scary because they are big, and I'd imagine if they were done with you, they could do you in. Yeah. <laughs> and we actually, so we were on the sleigh ride, and and I'm and. I know Wendy listens to the podcast and Wendy, I'm going to edit out some of the select versions of what happened there um, because (laughs) we had a very informative guide who was willing to talk about anything. And I had many questions because there's, we'll just say there's one elk, male elk for like 32 female elk. And so like lots of questions. And so one of the other, like not disconcerting and like it is the circle of life. I remember Elton John's song, but like there's just like dead ones laying around because like, that's just what Ew. happens. And they're not like oh, dead, yeah, they die. Yeah, but it's also winter. So like they don't stink, but like, it's just like this whole, like <laughs> it's a very natural environment for the elk. And it's kind of okay. cool to be out there with a sleigh ride. And it's not, I'm not like, don't get okay. wrong. There's not like piles of dead elk. It's just like one or two. I mean, like- you just made it sound like it's like the, like the elk apocalypse. Yeah. They're just dead everywhere <laughs> on the preserve. We're saving them, but yeah, the whole bunch are yeah. dead. <laughs> So did you ever do the uh, bobsled run in Park City? I know we've been offered that. I've bobsledded before. Have you ever done that? I have not. I've I've never had an opportunity to. I've done other things and they've had that offered. I've done other stuff. So I've not done that official bobsled run. I feel like I'm not sure how you would feel about it. Because why? Because like, so I'm guessing and, and I've never done like, an, I've done other bobsled stuff like for in Lake Placid. But like, I feel yeah. like they're going to put you in the middle and you can't see anything and it's just dark. And like your head's down and like you can't, you're just being hauled around at like a hundred miles an hour down a bobsled run. I'm not sure how you, I, I would like the video of it. I'm not sure how you oh, would think about it. <laughs> I don't know. Do, does somebody still have to run like the Olympic? I, if you could just see the example of running. I just did. Yeah. I'm using my hands like that's running. Do they, someone have to run and then do like the push you off thing? Like push, push, push. And then you go slide or do they just put like you all sit down and they just like push you? I believe like there's two people that sit down and then you've got a person who's a professional in the front and a person who's a professional in the back because the front person so he steers. Gets to run. I want to be the, the runner person, breaks. but you but what exactly what would happen with that is I'd be the runner person, I'd miss the sled, and I would go through the whole thing backwards on my back, just 
slide down the box. <laughs> you, I would miss the sled. It would be like a motorcycle rider who didn't wear the right jacket. My snowsuit would be completely ruined by the time I got to the bottom. And you would need your mother to have wrapped you up in the proper garments right. to secure where you at F the bottom. Where are you? I need my mom. She's going to be like, Nicole, you cannot get on that bobsled that yeah. way. I would be fine. She would make sure. going to get a call. I listened to the podcast. I have a few yeah. more questions. I have some questions about what you're doing in your next drive program, Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So speaking of what we're doing next drive program, we come back from break. Yes. We'll talk a little bit about why I was in New York City this week. Talk a little bit about Acura and um, talk about the state of New York City. Like I have questions. Okay. Oh, everyone does. Okay. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. So we've talked about our ski town stuff, and now we're doing something a little bit different. We are talking about from beautiful ski resorts to New York City. It sounds so glamorous. Like I remember as a kid being like, man, New York City. Oh, what, know, a, right? what a beautiful place. What a beautiful place. It's gorgeous. Place. And there's like fancy people and their fancy cars and limousines and people are on Broadway. And it's just this like wonderful. And then you get there. I love how you're like fancy and cars and their limousines. There. I'm like, that's a Billy Joel lyric. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the positive parts of a Billy Joel song. And then in reality, it's like it's a urinal cake. Parts of a, it's a urinal it's, cake right now. <laughs> it's a rat with a pizza. Yeah. It's 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 oh my God. Like, oh like and I mean, okay, like, I, I understand like you know, Times Square got cleaned up. Like, there's no more. I, I'm going to say no more. I didn't see any more, like, erotic bookstores or whatever the proper yes. term for that is. And, like, you know, all that sort of stuff. But, like, it's different. And, like, I just, oh, my. So, I don't usually go to Times Square. So, I was there with Acura. Um, they invited yeah. us into the city for three days. Um, I actually spent a lot of time in our office, which our office is at One World Trade Center, as you know. I don't know if our listeners know that. Um, and it's lovely. It's got a beautiful view, and it's a lovely office. Yeah, it is. It is. We are on the 72nd floor. It is a tremendously mm -hmm. beautiful office. I, I enjoy being there. Um, and I enjoy seeing people, which is always like, I was like, oh, the office. I can go in the office and see people. I'm usually at the actual office yeah. and the people I work <laughs> with that I never see. Yeah. There weren't many people there, but I got to see people who I enjoy. So, that was lovely. Um, but... You know, that part of the city um, around the World Trade Center, and I understand it's heavier security and I understand all of that. But like even when you go down to Battery Park and like all that, it's not as dirty as like further into Midtown. And like the closer you get yeah. to Times Square, it's like the smell gets worse. The homelessness issue gets worse. The drug population issue gets worse. And it's just like. Oh. It definitely, I mean, it's not what, it, when back in the 70s and 80s, you were risking your life, I think, to go down to Times Square. Yeah. You're not necessarily doing that, but it is, it is, there's a seediness to things. New York has this, I feel like New York City is one of those, you know, where it's good, it's very, very good, and where it's bad, it's horrid. And you just have to pick where you choose to go. And that there's some parts of it that are just not great. But still, it is that you can go out there at any time, day or night, and get anything you want. You want a pizza, it's 2 a.m. There's an amazing pizza place at 2 a.m. You know, there's you can find whatever you want at any time, which is kind of the beauty of the city. And it does have incredible entertainment, inc incredible restaurants, 
And those things are all true, but it it it's still got the big city smarmy film of grime. It, yeah, like the, it just needs a good wash. It needs and a like good scrubbing. it rained while I was there, and I was like, this is not enough. Like it, we like not that we need like hurricane <laughs> Sandy, but like we just need like and soap. Like Dawn needs to sponsor the Great New York City cleanup. That's how I feel about it. Like the streets need scrubbed. That's funny. Um, if there's any ducks that have oil on them, they can take care of that at the same time. Um, but I will say this: so from our office, we have a beautiful view of the Hudson River. We have a beautiful view of everything, quite frankly, from that high up. Um, but the Hudson River is like blue and lovely, and it's just so nice to like see. You know, like people out sailing, you get a beautiful view of the Hudson River from up in our office. And it's just so lovely to see like the blue of the Hudson. Like, like it feels like a nice blue riverway again. And I like the sailboats are out there and you can see the ferries going across and it just seems like lively and clean and pure. And then you go to Times Square and you're like, this is the bastion of hell in downtown New York City, like Manhattan. <laughs> like, I'm just like, well, this is, it's not even downtown New York City. I don't know what I'm talking about. I, like, I actually know the parts of New York. Like, this is like the, the bastion of Times Square is just like the armpit butthole of New York City at this point. And it's just not great. <laughs> um, and I say that like knowing, like, it's sad when you're like, you want to go to a place called Hell's Kitchen before you want to go to like where everybody thinks of when they think of New York as a tourist. And like, that's just, right. it's just sad to me. It's just sad. And can I tell yeah. you everything in New York, in like New York city now, and not like everywhere, but a large of it, it all smells like weed and it's never the good oh, stuff. It it's so stinky stuff. That's just so gross. But it could smell like weed or it could smell like urine. You have to take your pick. I mean, neither. I'd rather lose, I'd rather, <laughs> can I get COVID and lose my sense of smell again? And like, that's where I'm at with it. Like, it's just terrible. And honestly, I didn't see yeah. many rats, but I also didn't go into the subway because no subway. No, like, no, like yeah, for many I'm reasons. Not a fan of the subway. No. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mind subways in general, but also subway August lack of policing yeah. like I just felt like I'm like this is also safe and also gross and no thank you probably not the best choice if you have other options yeah. to get around yeah. right I used now. Uber um but I was there for Acura and Acura and? is a they make vehicles that you don't want to have to take the subway. Like you just, you're just like in the serenity of an Acura and it's just lovely. I think I prefer any Acura to the subway. Yes. I can, I can confidently say that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Honda always gets accused of being Honda's Acura's parent company. They get accused of being behind the eight ball on electrification. Like they don't really have, uh, Acura doesn't have any plug-in hybrid electric vehicles. They don't have any electric vehicles, right. all of that. Um, Honda has announced that the new Prologue SUV, which will be all electric, is coming soon. And Acura just announced that the ZDX is on its way. Do you remember the ZDX? It's back. ZDX. Yeah. I. Why did, why did they, did they explain why they chose to bring back, why that name? Like, I feel like normally when you bring back a name, it's you bring back something like the Bronco, right? Ford brought back the Bronco. Everybody loved that because people loved that. So you're bringing back something people miss. Do people miss the ZDX? I wouldn't say miss. I mean, you can still get one used because they only stopped making them in 2013. So I feel like like there's there's the people who want them have them. And not many people had just, them because they only made it between 2009 and 2013. They didn't sell a lot of them. Right. So it's not like this beloved nameplate that everyone thought, oh, man. Yeah. We kind of like that. Or even just like, oh, that was of an era and it was so neat. And so this... Yes, they did explain it. And I'll kind of, I'll tell you a little bit why. But the backstory is that they're building it on, GM is building it for them. They're going to build it in Spring Hill, Tennessee, which is where they build the Lyric. So it's going to be built um, okay. on the same platform as the Lyric. Um, but the platform and the Ultium platform, are, which is the battery platform, are pretty much the only things that are similar. Everything else is going to be different, they say. And so 
they chose that with the Altium battery. So ZDX, Z for zero emissions, which is kudos to their mm-hmm. marketing department because they were like, oh, no, that's a great one. They already own the copyright and the trademark to yes. ZDX. So there's mm-hmm. you know, lack of cost there and workshopping. Right. Um, and their whole thing was that the ZDX of yesteryear was actually like ahead of its time. And it kind of was, right? Because people, SUVs these days, especially the Germans, are going into that like coupe-like body style. Now it was ugly. That's It true. was like a high-riding accord. Like it was not beautiful, um, but it was different and it had its own spirit, like especially the Acura version. The Honda version was the Honda Cross Tour, which was more like a high-riding accord. Um, but the ZDX was a different what? type of vehicle for them. It was it was a stretch. I'm looking at, yeah, I'm looking at the ZDX right now. I just pulled it up to look at the old one. And it's funny because I Googled and I get the old one and the new one. And the old one really, when you do look at it, I mean, it is, it's clearly of its time. Like some of the styling is very much of that moment. But you can see how you're kind of sort of right that it is that sort of like the thing they're doing now where they take a crossover and they just kind of squoosh the back of it down a little bit. It did start, sort of have a look then that is what they're going towards now. So I'd imagine, you know, and, and I'm looking at the new one and the difference between like, I'm looking at old, looking at new. And I'm like, you can see that you can see where the new one came from. You can see it. It's like a modern version, but yeah, the old one was kind of, kind of, I guess, sort of ahead of its time and how it was styled. Cause it does look much more 2022 than it does. I don't know which one I'm looking at, you know, 2013, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely a step it's, it's different. So they're gonna it's going to be their new flagship, they say. So right now, the MDX is their flagship. So they're saying ZDX is going to be their flagship, which kind of makes sense because when you have an electric vehicle, you can have you know the same size footprint as the MDX, but inside you're going to have more yeah. space because you don't have things like the transmission tunnel. You can have a flat load floor and all that sort of stuff. So I kind of see where they're going with that. Now, the prototype they've been showing, they showed it in Pebble last week. They um, We saw it again in person in New York. Um, it's one, it's gorgeous. I mean, the pictures mm-hmm. not do it justice. That blue is like... It follows you around the room. It's this dynamic, really dynamic color. It looks really pretty in this picture. It looks beautiful. It is gorgeous. That's a design study. That's not what the ZDX is going to look like. Like they're going to take elements from that, but, and that's also a design study for moving forward. So as we get to the electric MDX, which I believe is coming in 2026, they alluded to, um, and there's three, uh, there's three electrified Acuras coming. Um, but as we move forward, like that's the freshness you're going to see, those design cues. Um, so you're not gonna necessarily see like those giant eyebrows that it has like on the on the hood, yeah. like that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, so it's just kind of, it, it, it's pushing you in the right direction though. Certainly that grill is something they were very proud of doing. And I think we'll see that really carry out because it's illuminated from like behind. Think, it's really cool. I think that looks really cool. It's, you know, with the way they're doing, like we've talked about grills in the past, how the whole deal with how to make a grill look on a vehicle as we're going to EVs, it's hard to find something that looks good. Like when they're a vehicle that was had a gas powertrain and they're turning it into EV, EV, it looks terrible. On EVs that are straight up EVs, they tend to look better, but it still feels like something that the automakers haven't quite figured out what they want to do with that. And this looks kind of neat. This is a neat way to make use of that space in a design that looks attractive and compelling, but doesn't just look like you're just like just winging it because, well, we just did what we did with a gas vehicle and just got rid of the grill part itself, you know? Yeah, and I think it's a really great in-between for the customer too because customers are looking at it and you don't want to completely change what a vehicle looks at. Uh, 
looks like. But when you're seeing mm-hmm. the vehicle, you know, like you see the badge up front, you see those things. And like those have to be recognizable symbols of the brand. So how do we do that in a way that also they're going to have gasoline vehicles? So how do they right. blend the two together in a cohesive design sense? And I think that's that's the point where you can't just have EVs as their own standalone thing. The whole lineup has to blend together. It doesn't have to look alike. Right. It does have to blend together cohesively. And I think that ac- there has to be some kind of story that makes sense as it moves from one vehicle to the next. So you're able to say, yeah, that looks like an Acura, that looks like a Honda, or that looks like whatever. It has to look like your brand. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they struggle with that. I mean, you can look at Kia, like the EV6, right? That doesn't say look like anything else in the lineup. And it's Mm-mm. a great looking vehicle, but it doesn't look like anything else in the lineup. Absolutely. And it is fantastic. It looks really, really good. But it, right now it's, it, you have the Kia lineup and then EV6. Like it, it's, and maybe, I don't know, maybe that was a d- conscious, like this is going to be such a big vehicle for us. We want it to be so design forward that it's where v- our vehicles will get in four years, not where they are now or something. But yeah, that stands out as completely different than the rest of the lineup. So anyway, so I went to New York City. I did not drive, but when I came back, I drove. And I've been driving a few yes. things. I've been driving the luxury segment, honestly, the premium and luxury segment. And can I tell you, like, I know yes. there's differences, but man, like to be smacked in the face with some of the differences between some of these automakers um, in terms of yep. quality and appointments in the luxury segment is just astounding to me. Like I, I, And I, like I said, you and I are in and out of these vehicles all the time. We know this is the way it is, but this is just like particularly something that just smacked me in the face. And um, and I pull up the Infiniti QX60 for just a second. It's it's great. It's a great Infiniti. It is what it needs to be. You and I drove it before. We liked it. Um, I like it. It's weird because I feel like some people feel like Infiniti missed the mark with this one, that it's not quite what they wanted it to be. Like everything's not didn't move forward as enough as maybe they wanted it. But I think for what it is, it's a great vehicle. I like the QX60. Yeah, QX60 is great. QX50, I have questions about. QX60, I'm okay with. Yeah, um, yeah. I also drove the Cadillac Escalade V-Series, the Escaladva. Escalade. Escalade. I call it the Escalade. Yes, I finally uh-huh. drove that. Um, they brought it to Atlanta for me. And, and I drove for four days. I enjoyed the power. Um, I did not enjoy the fact that you can't hear the engine except when it starts up. And like, I understand, like it's weird. It feels like a balance there. And now I will say this. I had the regular wheelbase, not the extended, like you drove. Um, So I had what we're like, and I feel like if you're going to put that powerful engine in there and you hear it when it starts up, it's like roar. It's, it's all the, it's all the, you know, hair on your chest that you want. But then when you drive it, it's, it becomes an Escalade and it's this quiet, serene surroundings. And I'm like, but I want it to sound like I can hear that engine. And that was like, genuinely, yes. that's my big complaint about it. Other than that, I love the power. It's a great vehicle. Uh, expensive, but a great vehicle. And I I just, I love, I love Super Cruise. I can't get over it. Like every time I drive. I know, Super Cruise oh, is good. I drove the airport the it's other day. It's really, really, really good. It's like all these things that make me like not excited for ours, like, you know, self-driving someday future, all these driver assist technologies and this. I'm like, oh, this this I can get behind. This makes me excited. Some of them make me furious because it feels like you're always fighting whatever the technology is. It's not intuitive enough. This is so intuitive. It does exactly what you feel like you would want it to do if you were actually driving so you can trust it, which makes it do the job of letting you, you're paying attention, but you can relax a little bit behind the wheel. Which is the exact opposite of the Lincoln Navigator that I drove from Santa Barbara to LA with you which you got yes. to hear me cursing and swearing and it beeping. Oh and it was like, I felt like it was like, it was like the, you know, like we all had those teachers that like, you felt like you couldn't do anything right. 
Like I was like, uh-huh. that's what I felt like. I felt like the escalate or the, not the escalate. I'm sorry. The navigator was just like the school mom with the ruler that was like, you yeah. are a terrible pupil and you are never allowed to drive again. If that was the case, then your knuckles were smacked so many times your hands were oh black and blue by the time we ended the drive. It was, it was it was not having whatever you were doing like, driving. It was angry. It was angry. And I was just like, I'm not, you hear me like, I'm not doing anything differently. Like She's I was not happy, <laughs> not happy with the car at all. Um, also not happy with the Cadillac XT4. And I know that we've talked about this a little bit before, but I'm just like, I got into it yesterday at the airport. I drove home and like anything above 65 miles an hour, it does not like doing anything besides being in a straight line. It's, yeah. it's like those those wibbles will wobble. And like, I just, and it's got this thing like where the infotainment screen is and it's like a tray. Like you're looking down at it. It's the weirdest thing. I'm like, who, like I, I do want to be like, is it a pop-up? Like, do I, can I reach my hands behind and pop <laughs> it up? Like, it's just like, like, I'm just like, how did we get here? Who made these? Yeah. And like, it's not like I'm particularly tall know. and looking down at the screen. No, like it is, it is, it is so bizarre. It is so bizarre. It's strange. It is so bizarre. Yeah. So I drove that. I drove the Mercedes-Benz GLE, which I just love because it's just a fantastic vehicle. But you, I see you had the Ford Raptor. Now I'm jealous. I had all my, you had a, like a theme. I had like no theme. Like if you look at the three vehicles, I put them like different, different, different. So I had the Ford F-150 Raptor, which is just the most, it's so stupid. It's perfect. I love it. Like I love it. I Okay. So you can off-road and you can go in the desert and you can jump off of stuff and you can do all the off-road. Like I'm, I'm, you know, a hardcore off-roader. No one's, no one's going to do this. Like one guy who bought this truck is actually going to do this in this truck. It is so redonkulously capable, but it's, it's, it looks perfect. It drives perfect. It feels perfect. It does exactly what it says its mission is. I'm this big burly truck that can do anything. Yes. Yes, you are. And you look good doing it. It's fantastic. And I drove it a good bit on the highway. And I have to say, one of the things that when you get a vehicle like this and it's designed to do so well off-road, it can be miserable on a highway when it's just like rough pavement or potholes. You feel like you go over that stuff and the bounce and sway is so extensive that they can be tough to control. You know, you're not in a desert with feet on either side of you. You're on a road on a highway going 65 miles an hour and you don't have that kind of room. So if, if it does that, it's disconcerting. This actually handles unbelievably well on road, which I know everyone's like, yeah, but you're not going to drive a Raptor on road. Yeah, you are. No one is buying this and just living in the desert all the time. You are at some point driving this on the road. And for most people, even if you go and have fun on the weekend, you're still driving this on the road during the week and it won't make you miserable. That's why I like the Raptor. And I, I have the exact same experience. It is so easy to drive in the lane. It is so comfortable to drive. Like I drove it from yeah. Detroit up to Sault Ste. Marie and, and mm-hmm. in the winter in January, yeah. like last January. And it was one of the most comfortable rides I've ever taken. And Michigan's not known right? for their smooth roads. And it's just like, I just love that truck. I just love it. Yeah. Um, the F-150 Raptor is fantastic. I mean, it's not... It is not cheap. I mean, I think this starts, my Monroney didn't have a price for the one that I had equipped, but I think it starts at about $66,000-ish. So it's, it ain't cheap, but you get, you get like, it's so, for the purposes for which you've gotten this truck, if you're going with an F-150 Raptor and you really need that capability, fine. But you know what? Honestly, I'm one of those people, I don't care if you take it in the desert. I don't care if you just drive this in the highway to your office in the big city every week. If you're okay with navigating it around tight city streets and this makes you happy for the fun and the style and just this like grr arg that this truck has, buy it. 
Who cares if you never go in the desert? You know you could. If the apocalypse happens, you're going to survive because you've got an F-150 Raptor. Who cares if it doesn't? <laughs> and the same thing can be said for the Jeep Grand Cherokee, which you also drove this week. You and I have yes. driven that extensively. You're a Jeep fan anyway. Um, I am. I love the Grand Cherokee. It's fantastic. Did you drive the 4xe or did you have the regular Grand Cherokee? I had the four by E, which I forgot to put in the show notes. So it is a four by E. So it's, and it was funny, like we, you know, we have the Wrangler four by E and we have this and my husband keeps plugging both of the plugs in one and plugs in the other. I'm like, you don't have to plug them both in. Like, was it enough gas? He's like, no, I feel like I'm making full use of the four by E technology. He's all excited. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you be you, sweeties. You switch from one car to the other car to charge it. Um, but yeah, I like this and I like the hybrid thing. I mean, it, it, the you're not getting an outstanding number of miles. I'm trying to find it's 25 miles of all electric range is what they say you get in the Grand Cherokee 4xE. So, I mean, you can get other vehicles where you have a longer like EVE only, like electric only range in them for a plug-in. But I feel like you're partly buying this because you want the plug-in hybrid thing. Um, but it's not like if fuel economy really is your biggest issue, you're probably not buying a Jeep, you know, because this is not a light vehicle. It's got four wheel drive. It's heavier. It's big. Um, but I still love this. And I love the interior of this. It feels like I had the Overland four by E in this trim. It, it feels like a luxury car. It really does. It's got this beautiful, it has lots of bells and whistles. Like it even has that um, infotainment screen for the passenger. They don't call it infotainment screen. It's like a passenger interactive display or something. Basically, it's like an infotainment screen right in front of them. But they can play stuff and watch stuff that you cannot see from the driver's seat. So there's no sense of you wanting to look over there and be distracted by it. That's just kind of, that feels very upscale to me. Like it feels fancy, fancy pants. Yeah, the so, Grand Cherokee uh, is definitely more of a luxury vehicle than it ever was before. They did a tremendous yeah. job with the interior. I felt the 4xE was a little heavy. It's definitely it's, heavy. The you battery, feel, you feel the battery pack. You feel the weight of it because it's it, like I said, it's big to begin with, and it's not like light on its feet, even with a gas powertrain there. Once you put the battery in it, you feel the weight of it. Um, so, I mean, there's a heaviness to it. I feel like it's a, I don't feel like it's a heaviness that like is a huge drawback and suddenly it drives terribly or anything, no, no, no. but you do feel that weight. Like it has a, it does not feel like a light vehicle, it feels like a heavy vehicle. But I, I mean, I, I like it. I, I loved, I loved it. I had fun with it. So speaking of weight, you had a weighty issue to deal with this week. So we will talk about that when we get back from break. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I was in New York City this week, but Nicole, you took an unexpected road trip. I did. I took an unexpected road trip. Um, things went a little sideways and all is right, but I had to get myself back down to uh, Evansville, Indiana, uh, like in minutes from New Hampshire. And I was actually standing in the airport about to board my flight to Utah to go drive the Toyota Corolla GR, GR Corolla, GR Corolla, backwards? GR Corolla, GR Corolla um, and literally said, okay, they're about to call my flight. Wait a minute. I have to cancel this. So I canceled that flight and booked a different flight and got myself down there, uh, rented a car and drove home. And it was like 20 hours driving. And it was so it was it was like one of these crazy situations like, OK, that has to be done now. It's got to be done now. Rebooked flights to get myself down to to where I could get a rental. So here's the thing. So you rent a rental car, especially when you rent one at the very, very last minute. And you say, I need this size and please just give me something. 
And they gave me a 2020 Nissan Armada because I needed something that was big. Um, I like the Armada, but this is a 2020. Do you know what they didn't have on the 2020 Nissan Armada? Uh, anything nice. Anything nice, including CarPlay. Ugh. Apple CarPlay. Can I just tell you to drive all the way home? I, I always thought CarPlay was cool. It's the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> I love CarPlay because not having it for that drive home, I thought... This has been miserable. I had, because navigation is just, I have my phone plugged in. I have my phone sitting on top of the infotainment screen so I can use Apple CarPlay on my phone. So I drove all the way home with my iPhone as my nav on there. Oh, Lord. And the bumpier roads, a couple of times my phone went from being like sitting in it to like falling all the way down into the cup holder. Um, But so it was... But it was not bad driving. It was a lot of seat time and it was a comfortable vehicle and it was, you know, even loaded up with stuff and driving on all these highways. Except I have this weird thing. So have you driven in Virginia very much? I have. I have. I always say when we drive from uh, Atlanta where I lived up to uh, near Buffalo, New York, where my parents live, we drive through the... um, butt crack of Virginia and West Virginia okay. because it's like yeah. between the mountains and it's like you do you drive through the tunnels and it's I believe a whole thing. Yes. I too <laughs> was driving through the butt crack so and so first there's driving through that butt crack and then there's driving through like where we were there was a point where I felt like it was I can't get there from here because we were even on checking on multiple phones because I was worrying like did I check don't use toll roads or don't use yeah. highways or something it's like rural. find a dirt road there's some rural right. spots like, did out I, there yeah it was like did I check the only use dirt roads option because I feel like I may have um and it was just we're really out there but we're driving on these roads and the weirdest thing Eileen so you're on a highway and it's like a state route and the speed limit is like 65 miles an hour and it's like twisting and turning through town and then there's a stoplight the speed limit is 65 miles an hour around a corner stoplight and there's tractor trailers I'm like how I kind of love that it's like choose your own adventure it was, but it was like, choose your, choose your own death. Like I'm tr- coming up to this light. It suddenly turns red and I can see the tractor trailer behind me. I'm thinking, how fast can they stop? I mean, it's not <laughs> like I stopped short, but how fast can he stop? It was the strangest thing. And so we were taking all these twisty, turny roads to finally get to 81, which is what took us the rest of the way home. But I felt like it was on back roads in the middle of West Virginia and Virginia forever. Like an inordinate amount of time, I saw a lot of kudzu like covering everything in the entire universe. Um, and I was like, where, where am I? I'm going to die here. This is it. I'm never getting out of Virginia. This is how it ends. Um, but so we, I had this crazy drive on these little roads before I finally got back to the highway. We did find one amazing place though. Okay. So I was looking for breakfast for one morning and I don't know that anybody is ever going to be in Simpsonville, Kentucky. I found the cutest place. It's called Weathered Oak Farms. Okay. So where is Simpsonville, Weather- Kentucky? Is it like, it's in, is it like, hold on, I've got to Google this. Um, is it, is Simpson, it, is it like near Louisville? Is it near Lexington? Where is it? It was probably about two and a half ish hours heading back towards New Hampshire outside of Louisville. Oh, so it's, it was, it's near the outlet shops of bluegrass. Of course. So there you naturally. go. Now you know, right? I'm look- so it's about two and a half hours, I'd say ish outside of Louisville is the way that I, for the route that we took. And they have like a flower farm and stuff, but they also have one of their big things is they have this little bakery and they have pops sourdough. Like it's like grand pop thing, like pop sourdough. And they make, um, sourdough bread and sourdough cinnamon rolls. Oh, and you walk in and the entire display case, picture all the old like ceramic dishes, like the corningware that your grandma had all mismatched. It just cinnamon rolls, Eileen. 
Oh, I can picture that and I am nothing there. but cinnamon rolls. They actually have them where you can buy them to take them home and it has the glaze and everything and you can keep them. And I'm like, I said, how quickly do I have to make these? And she's like, well, how far are you going, hon? I said, New Hampshire. She's like, you're fine. You got a couple of days. So oh. I literally have them now. I'm going to make them this weekend. But we did get breakfast sandwiches and they put it on the sourdough bread. Mm. Oh. Oh, Lord, it was so good. And then they had like a million different coffees. They had a lavender honey coffee. Lavender is like my like sweet spot. Like mm-hmm. I love lavender flavors and things. It was a lavender honey coffee. Oh, that sounds right oh, up your alley. so good. I will say this. It was so good. So when you and I drive together, you do, yes. uh, we, we split the driving half and half, but traditionally we start and with me as a navigator and you as yes. a driver. And there's a reason why uh-huh. we do that because I just looked up Weathered Oak Farms outside Louisville, Kentucky, and your two and a half hours is two hours too far. It is only 29 minutes from downtown Louisville. Is it? Okay, so like, you know, whatever. It doesn't mean I love it, you any oh no, less. You know why? No, you know why I'm thinking, no, see, that's how frazzled it was. It was two and a half hours from Evansville. There you go. That's that why. makes sense. Okay. Okay. I'll I give land, you that. Okay, people, I landed in Louisville. I went to Evansville. I drove back. So it was like two and a half. So it was, so, you know, seriously, did I mention I drove like 22 hours in 48 hours? You did. You drove you a know. lot. I, I, we talked so, during this process. So sorry. So, it's, only, yeah. so it's, very, it's very close to Louisville. So see if we're ever there, we could go. So that was my amazing stop. And I have one other amazing thing. Eileen, whatever you just did with your headphones, your hair is completely out of control. I wish there was video right now if you could see what just happened to her hair, folks. But it's so just my, I, I have a ponytail and today it is just not cooperating. Like I am I am like two <laughs> days overdue for a haircut and I don't have one till next week. And my hair knows it. It's like, Eileen, get it's, your act together. Like that's where we are today. day with the hair. So the other thing I want to call out about this trip, because I feel like when people do good things, people get called out all the time for bad things, right? And they rant and rave against companies. I get a call out a flight attendant on Delta for being amazing. So this woman, Katie, who was on my flight from Delta, I mean, from uh, Detroit to Louisville, um, she comes around with a little you know, basket of stuff for first class and there were extras and she's like, oh, everybody take an extra. Somehow they gave us too much. And I take two and I said, I will take two because when I get off this plane, I'm going to have to drive for 16 hours to get back to where I want. So I will hold this for the road. And she laughs. When I got off the plane, as I'm walking off the plane, you know, the bags they would normally collect like your extra cups and trash and little Mm -hmm. gray Delta bags, right? She hands it. She's like, take this with you for the road. And I was like, what? And I feel I'm like, did you give me a snack bag? She's like, well, you need to stay hydrated. You need some snacks. She gave me a little bag with extra Delta waters in it and like a handful of the little graham crackers that she knew that I liked. I love that. Can I just tell you, after a rough day and the crazy, I was like, Katie, you're the best flight attendant that's ever existed in the history of flight attendants. I'm actually writing a letter to Delta because she was so nice. So this Katie on my flight from Detroit to Louisville, thank you for being my savior and being a little piece of kindness in what was a frazzled day. So gold star to Delta for their flight attendants. I love that. And I will tell a little Delta story. So I flew out of LGA, uh, LaGuardia, which I have not flown out of in years because our office is on the southern tip of Manhattan and it's easier Mm -hmm. for me to get in and out of EWR, which is Newark, Um, like in my head, because you and I always talk in airport code. So I'm like, these people listening have no idea necessarily what I'm talking about. Um, But yeah, so I always fly in and out of Newark. So I haven't mentioned the new LaGuardia for Delta, which it's beautiful. I mean, it is gorgeous. They did a heck of a job with it. Uh, But it has, it's the Sky Club there is enormous. It might be the biggest in the world at this point. It's enormous. Wow. Um, But my favorite part of it is you walk in and you you do your little check with a check to make sure you're supposed to be there and you go up the escalator and it has a sign 
and it says, Welcome to the LGA Skyway. Don't miss out on our culinary action station. And it just what, sounds what so exciting. Culin- I feel like there's hibachi happening. Like, I, I don't know. It was just the regular food bar, but it sounded so exciting. I put my stuff down. I was like, I need to see this culinary action station. Where's the culinary action? I can just see you go to the funny I don't want the buffet. Can you take me to your culinary action station? Like, I, I expect people to be feeding me, tossing shrimp into my mouth. Like, I need to have the full experience. And I just saw right? it. And I was like, who? Whatever marketing person both came up with that sign and approved it, I am here for it because it makes love life that. at the Sky Club waiting for your flight sound so much more exciting. Than just sitting there eating from a buffet. Yeah. What, what did you do? I killed two hours at the culinary action station. Yeah, not like very I had an egg white and spin, uh, spinach omelet and a diet coke. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, not, that's not what it's that saying. That does not sound as no, exciting. <laughs> my action plan was obviously far different than Delta's action plan had for me, but that's where we ended up. Um, I also want to say I found a new coffee shop in New York uh, by my office, so I want to call that out. Ooh. So our office is kind of like by um, Battery City Park. And uh, there's green space all around there, but there's this cute little like nook of a park called Rockefeller Park that's right on the water by the ferry terminals. There's like a little playground for kids and they're screaming, but it's kind of out of the way. There's all sorts of benches as they do. New York's good at that. Um, And right across the street, there's a place called Bluestone Lane. It's just a cute little coffee shop. They've got, you can get food there too, Um, but grabbed an iced coffee, went and had a meeting actually in the park. Um, not like like hiring a hitman meeting, like an actual like business meeting. <laughs> but it was just the water was there. It was a beautiful breezy day, and I was just like, it just felt like a moment of like solace in the city. And so Bluestone Lane, there's a couple Bluestone Lanes. Um, I think they're from San Francisco originally, but there's a couple of them like throughout New York. But that one is just like in the perfect location to just like pause for a second and get out of like the hustle and bustle of being by World Trade Center and all that that includes um, and just be Mm -hmm. by the water and like under the trees and sitting at a bench. And it was just lovely. And so I wanted to say I found that and I recommend it. Cool. Yeah. That sounds good. I'll have to go there one time. I will. I will take you there because we'll be back in April, I'm sure, for the auto show. So I'll I'll take you there. It'll be hot and sticky and it won't be as nearly a pleasant experience, but maybe it'll be cleaner. I mean, honestly, like it probably won't be. Can't be dirtier, but I'm oh no 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 no! Don't I mean build a I know build a is gone, I but I, I don't feel that comfortable with Eric Adams running things. I don't know what we're going to end up there. There was promise. There was promise. Okay, so anyway, so when we get back, we will hit scorecard. It is time for me to come up with the questions. There is yeah. nothing about weird card colors this week, but I do have some pressing matters we'll need to discuss. Ooh, okay. Right, we'll be right back. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, we are back with Fast Women in our last segment, which is Scorecard. And Nicole, I have five questions for you this week. Okay, I'm feeling the pressure. Okay, go. You're feeling pressure. Are you... Pro or against logging into Netflix in your hotel room on the TV screen? Oh, I'm against because I can never log into Netflix, right? No matter what I do, Netflix is like, no, you don't exist. Your password's wrong. Your name's wrong. We don't like you this week. I can never do it. So I'm against because it just never freaking works. (laughs) So I am against as well. We have a mutual friend who always logs into Netflix and he does it for the voyeuristic capabilities because it doesn't always delete your search history, folks on the hotel screen so you can see what other people were searching for 
Um, I th- wait, I'm sorry. I it's not Netflix. That's YouTube. More. YouTube. YouTube on the hotel oh, TV screen. Yeah. yeah sorry. Mm-hmm. Netflix is fine. YouTube on the hotel TV screen is a whole different story. So you can actually yeah. see the search history of the people before you. So keep that in mind, you dirty, dirty oh, people, because <laughs> we can all see. <laughs> so our mutual friend actually has a YouTube channel that he reviews cars, and it's fantastic. I'm not going to shout it out though because I don't want to give away his his YouTube voyeuristic secrets. Um, I know. Now I'm going to have to ask who it is after we. But, <laughs> the pot hit the stop button but we um he actually goes in and he will actually put his youtube channel as like all like he'll search and it so it's like all the search results that come up are all his youtube channel he's like i feel like it's my own part of promotion (laughs) i'm just like i kind of like that but also like there's a lot of perverts in the world based on search history and i've actually stopped looking because now i'm just like i hate you like you're all gross I don't, I don't want to know. I don't think I want to know what other people are searching for on Mm -mm. YouTube. So, and I feel the same way. I can't log into that either. I have login issues. I'm login challenged as a rule. So (laughs) like we need, we need Apple keychain on everything we do. Yes, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So my next question is this hot cocoa, hot Mm -hmm. tea, hot coffee. That's a lot of questions. Or a hot toddy by the fire at the end of a winter day. Oh, hot toddy. Hot. Second place would be hot cocoa. Okay, I'll, I I can go with that. I'm a hot cocoa first person, like but all because I I like go ahead. I like a little little bit a little little like shot of something. If it's the end of a long day and I really want to chill and I am sitting by a fire someplace where I'm in a Ethna approved snowsuit to wear <laughs> to stay toasty, perhaps an extra blanket. I think a hot toddy is what I want. I think that's what I want. See, and I'm a hot cocoa and do shots person. So I feel like we're both getting the same effect. It's just slightly just different, different delivery yeah. system. <laughs> Yours sounds like you're like the badass. I want hot cocoa and shots. I'm like, I just like a hot toddy. So I mean, I will take that. I will say this to make me sound more exciting than I am. The same friend that has a YouTube channel, the first time he ever met me, I pulled a bottle of champagne and champagne glasses out of my purse. You were there as well. And he always harkens back to that whenever I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm not fun anymore. I've got too much work and he's always like I just want to remind you that the first time I met you you were this person and you're still this person on the inside so yes, I feel like you are you <laughs> maybe are it's just that I'm resourceful but yes I did at one point in my life I was more fun and I had champagne in my purse all not all the time but at this particular occasion um okay so back to back to looking back into the past if you could be a decade of Ford Mustang which decade would you be <laughs> Um, which decade would I be? The Mustang. Not Mustang that you have to dress the, up as the Mustang or dress up as the decade, but if you could be a decade of Mustang, what decade would you be? Okay. And the Mustang came out, the original Mustang was 65, right? Correct me if I'm wrong on the year. It's 65, right? I'm pretty sure I it's think. right around there. Yeah. Okay. So mid sixties. So if the original Mustang was mid sixties, I honestly, I like the now Mustang, but I think if I'm going back, I mean the eighties and nineties, you can't pick those cause those were not good years. And if you do pick those, just go away. Um, I feel like you have to go older than that. So I kind of like the original, like the original generation. I'm going to say first gen. I don't know the gens off the top of my head, but the early Mustangs, I think, were really cool looking. We like what was the bullet era? What was the bullet? What what? Whenever that was, I want to be that one. I don't know what that one was. <laughs> I can see she's like I'm googling. That's the one I want to be. That era. Let's see that. So whatever that is. And 1977. I can't, have to look it okay, so I guess I'm a mid 70s Mustang. Oh, wait, sorry, sorry. It's a 68 Mustang, but he bought it in 77. Okay, okay so 60. So I was right. So the like the original Mustang era, that's that's what I would pick. What would you pick? I mean, so I like CarPlay. 
I'm going to be honest. And I You're going to pick the now Mustang. Well, no, I'm actually going to pick the one that they're about to reveal because I I, 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 like, I actually Mustang. have an idea of what's coming. Um and so yeah. I'm actually going to pick the one that's about to debut. Um just because one it has CarPlay and two like what I know is actually really cool. Um but yeah. also um yeah, I also like the idea of not having to like I don't know. I'm not it's and this is I guess it's I, I'm, it's style wise. Yeah, I like that. I, 60s no, I do era, like but, I like the sixties era a lot. But I'm also just like I like modern conveniences. I don't know. I'm I'm yeah. I just I'm a modern conveniences gal. I guess that's where it ends okay, up. That's fair. Like I like that. That's fair. Like, again, like we talked, I guess, last week about the wagoneer and how like if I could have a wagoneer with CarPlay, I'd yes. be okay with that. Yeah. Like I kind of feel like that's where I am. Like I want I want the old styling, but I want fresh tech. And I want not necessarily I don't need in my Mustang to have like hands free, but you know, maybe I, can, can Ford work on, on, on their blukers or whatever. When I can get like better blukers in a Mustang and like also have there Apple play and have it look like a 68. I'd be good with that. Yeah. Like we, that's a good combination of things. Can I get all the features of it today with the look of a 68 and also okay, safety. Thanks, that's and also safety. And also safety because yeah, I like the safety because all cars were going to kill you in 1968. Yeah. I feel like I have so. a very low list of demands. If they could just take care of that, that'd yeah. be great. Safety and technology. Yes. yes. Okay. So speaking of safety, um, yes. putting safety aside and the state of the city aside, what okay. three New York tra- attractions would you tell people to go to if they've never been to New York? It's our first trip. You've you've never been to New York and like safety and whatever aside. Um, I would say you should go see the Statue of Liberty just because it's cool to see the Statue of Liberty. Do you I mean, go to the Statue icon. of Liberty or do you just look at the Statue of Liberty from the from No, the I think you should go because it's kind of neat. And when you can go up, and I, and I don't know the rules today because it's been a while, but let's assume I'm not, I'm, I'm living by rules the last time I went before things. Um, you could climb up inside and you can go, it was kind of neat. And when you look at the whole the whole property and all the stuff they have. I think it was kind of neat to go out there and to see it. And to then turn around and look at New York City, it's kind of cool. So I like, I think once everyone should go to the Statue of Liberty if you're in New York City. I would go to see Times Square once to see it. If you've never been there, you should see what it's all about and check it out and the crazy and the lights and all that. I have to pick a third one. What would my third thing be in New York City? Oh, I, you know what? Assuming you're not good, the safety is no longer an issue, Central Park. Because Central Park is kind of neat in the middle of everything. It's like you really are in the middle of a giant city. And when you get to certain parts of Central Park, you don't hear the city, which is sort of freaky because you know you're in this giant city. So those, I think, would be my three things I would say. You should, uh, assuming safety and doing them all safely, those are the three things that I would see. I would say everyone should check out if they're in New York City. And so I'm going to take the absolute, like, dorkiest route on this because I am very much a... um, uh, well, I'm like a history nerd, right? So like I go to cities, I go to the museums yeah. and things like that. So I agree right, with you I about know. the Statue of Liberty. Like I think that's something. Um, I think Ellis Island is up there. Like especially if you have yeah. family that are immigrants. Um, it's a really, I, I just, it, it's not, like kids aren't going to like really enjoy it. But to see the experience, be able to experience that um, and to know what mm-hmm. your ancestors went through, especially if you know they went through Ellis Island and you can search that online. Yes. That's all available. Um, like that's really cool. Like I think like to me, it's just like, okay, that's actually really cool that we have that still. Yeah. And that's a thing. It's yeah. not just like, oh, here's, you know, an access point where they came in and out. Like this is an actual, like a historical building and transfer station. Right. And they've taken the time yeah. to make sure it's in beautiful shape and preserve the history really and accurately yeah. preserve the history for better or worse, which I think is really cool. Um, I'm also going to say the New York Public Library. 
that original oh, flagship building, it's called the Schwartzman building. Yeah. Um, it is amazing. And if you're into art, if you're into books, if you just like the smell of old books, if you just like seeing old buildings, mm-hmm. old architecture, the lions out front and you go inside and you're like, yeah. this, this is the Gilded Age. Like it's just, it is gorgeous. And it is just one of my favorite parts of New York. Um, and again, in a very nerdy way. And it's across from Bryant Park and I love Bryant Park. Um, which is, yeah, which is, which is also nice. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's fantastic. It's, um, and Grand Central, like if you, you there's a self-guided tour of Grand Central, oh, Grand but you can Central, like do your yeah, own tour of Grand Central as well. Um, yeah. via audio. I think it's like five bucks to download it. Um, I've done it. That's also it's cool not like see. super fantastic. The audio tour, like I would pay yeah. to take the real tour. Um, but like I, I that sort of stuff, like to me, we've got yeah. modern New York and like even world trade center is a perfect example of modern New York, but to mm-hmm. see not old, old New York, but like historic New York is just a reminder of the grandeur of the city and what the city used to be. And it still is. It's just different now. And so those buildings, I mean, we'll never get another Grand Central Station. We'll never get, you know, another another New York Public Library the way it is. Those buildings aren't being built like that anymore. They're being right. very, yeah no those are good those are good picks Eileen I could get behind those as well I said bring out the true nerd in myself that's where I am um, okay <laughs> and so one last one um, okay rooftop bar or sidewalk cafe in New York City are we'll, we say, we'll say in New York, York. we'll say in New York yeah because we're not because Europe's a whole different story um gosh that's hard. Okay, if, I, if it's during the daytime sidewalk cafe, it's a nighttime rooftop bar. Fair. Because I liked it because you can see the, the, the view from rooftop bar, just all the lights of New York, depending on where your rooftop is. You know, it's always cool to look out over New York City, almost from any story other than the first story. Like, it's always cool to look out over the city. And at night, it just looks really cool. But during the day, if you sit sidewalk, there's people bustling by, there's... There's every, like the people watching Can't Be Beat in New York City just sit there on a, on a sidewalk cafe and, and, you know, drink a coffee and watch the world go by. I, I agree with that. I think, I think that that all makes sense to me. So I stayed at a hotel in New York when I was there called The Refinery, which is in the Garment District. It is an old hat yeah. factory. It is gorgeous. Um, they have a tremendous rooftop. Um, but we also went a couple doors down and went to a hotel that has a rooftop. And I cannot, I'm like looking for the name of it. I cannot remember the name of it. It was, it was lovely. Um, we watched a couple get engaged, which is always Aww. like, yeah, I can't get behind that. I know. And honestly, I know. Like, like, and it was also on a Monday. So like, let's be honest, he did surprise her, but did she want to get engaged on a Monday at 7 PM on a hot and sweaty rooftop? I mean, maybe it turned a, maybe it turned a horrible Monday into a good Monday. I don't, she, they seemed happy, but like, I have, yeah. I, I have questions. Like, I'm glad my husband would never <laughs> propose to me on a rooftop. I mean, he knows better, but like, not that he ever proposed to me, but like, that's where we are. But it was actually a beautiful <laughs> rooftop in the garment district. You're actually like kind of right in the shadow of the Empire State Building. And so okay. to watch like the sunset and the lights come up of New York, like I think, that's cool. and you've seen that from our offices, um, there's yes. few cooler things in New York and being at a vantage point where you can watch the city come to life at night. And yeah, that's very, that cool is one of my see. favorite yeah. things to do in a city and like, not just New York, like other city, like big cities you go to and to watch that, that transition with a drink in your hand, I think rooftop bar, right. Um, it's just beautiful. But sidewalk cafe during the day for sure. Yeah, for sure. So Nicole, where are you off to this week? I think you and I are going to the same place, but we're going on different days. Yes, this actual week, I am off to nowhere. I'm actually home for the whole week. But then at the end of the week, I go to Spain 
uh, for Land Rover, Land Rover Range Rover excitement. We'll have to see what your hotel room is because I am there the week. I actually leave tomorrow um, for Spain and I'm there for five days. Um, same hotel, same Land Rover Range Rover Sport. Um, it'd be interesting to see if we end up sleeping in the same hotel room, but we won't know it. But maybe, maybe we will know it. Different times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to check the YouTube and see what the links are. <laughs> I assure you it will not have been turned on. But, <laughs> but yeah, so we're both going to Spain. So we'll get to talk about Madrid, which I love mm-hmm. Madrid. Um, mm-hmm. I love certain parts this of This will be my first time in Spain. I've been to, I have not been to Spain before. So this is the first. I'm kind of oh, excited. Oh, I didn't realize Lots you've never been. No, I've been all over the place in Europe, but Spain is when it was on my list. It was on my list and then COVID hit. So what was actually on my list got canceled. And I never rebooked it yet. So oh. um, so now I'm just going to go with this, which will be fun. So yeah. It'll be fun. We're staying at a cool hotel that is right in the center of things. And I'll make sure to get you the name of my favorite coffee shop in Madrid so you can go. Because I, yeah, I want to see love if, it. Yeah. You'll love it. It's very it, cool. You're both your favorite favorite coffee shop. And also if there's one you hate, because I want to avoid that one altogether. Oh, I don't know if I have one I hate. I will endeavor to find one I hate in the five days I am there. <laughs> Tell me which one to avoid. All right, so we will recap our trip to Spain when we get back uh, on our next episode, and we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.